You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I'm one of your hosts for this episode, Mike, and I am here with Austin. As always. Once again, we we had a guest coordinated for tonight's episode, uh, but once again there's been an issue and they are not going to be able to join us tonight, um, and that's okay. Um, but that, that has now kind of left us with... Um, the lack of a particular focus for this episode. Fortunately, our listeners um, are going to to bail us out, and we're going to uh, take a little more time tonight to talk or to uh, answer some listener questions. So, um, Austin, you mentioned that you had um, kind of a lengthier question. Yes. Um, so let's you know let's get that one out of the way. You know, I've got a couple, but I don't know that these are necessarily going to be quite as complicated. Uh, in answer so let's let's do this because from the sound of it you you've got a small novel here yes okay okay so this comes from a listener they introduce themselves first which i'm not going to do but it says i am currently in high school and have not been practicing long at all only about three years my family isn't super religious in any way except my mom who i am not close to for good reason plus she's a light worker i turned to witchcraft through some hard points in my life and now truly love it and hope to keep this up until i am old but i do have a few questions for one thing how the heck do i find good specific reliable sources i used to be able to get at least a few books with my mom but she is in a completely different state now and again for good reasons my dad and stepmom have absolutely nothing against my practice but they are both workaholics and never really have time to take me to much places plus don't have a car and money teenager so if those are your options and you know and i i know that i'm gonna (sighs) okay so just that that first question okay let's let's, because like we can kind of pick these off as we go right okay so I'm really going to tell you in a situation like this that the internet is probably really going to be your best friend. And I I hate to say that because I'll be the first to say you really shouldn't learn from the internet. But it's not really, uh, I'm not really directing you to learn from the internet. I mean, the uh, guidance I would have, the advice I would would have for you would would be to, you know, if you've got uh, a father and a stepmother who are, are at least willing to support your study and your practice of witchcraft enough to help you procure the things you need, maybe set up an Amazon wish list. Yeah, set up an Amazon wish list. Or another thing you could do is you could just set up some time with them. Just let them know, like, hey, so I'm so th- grateful for you guys for you know supporting me and help- and letting me do this. Would you mind? If maybe on like one of your next days off or something, we could plan and we could go to like one of the local shops or something like that, you know? So it's always important for young witches, in my opinion, especially if they have parents who are super cool with what they're doing, to to be open with them, to be open Mm -hmm. and honest with them. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you could do some sort of allowance or something. Do people do allowances nowadays? I, my understanding is that, yes, that some people still do give their children an allowance. Okay. You know, okay. something like that. That's what I would do. Um, on top of that, like Mike said, internet's going to be a good bet. Just make sure you vet your sources three times over. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that you pull off of the internet, make sure you compare that with two other, at least two other non-related sources for information. Yeah. Um, because it'll be between those three different voices that you probably actually get the information that will be of value. Yeah. Um, now, I, I again, I want to go back to the suggestion that you set up an Amazon wish, wish list because I'll be the first to admit I'm 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 not a big I, I don't like Amazon. You know, I order shit on Amazon when it's something that I can't find anywhere else. 
you know, um, and that's the benefit of something like Amazon, you know, and I understand that right now because of your personal circumstances that that's really probably going to be the best fit for you, something like that, you know, but in a few years, perhaps when you, you know, you have an opportunity, maybe you're a little more mobile, you're able to kind of get out there, get around, and you're able to hopefully discover some local metaphysical shops, some local witchcraft shops, do go out and support local businesses. You know, we are, we are a small local business and we, we, we definitely, we appreciate the support of our community. Um, but you're, those aren't your circumstances right now, right? So you got to kind of make this work as best you can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, you know, and if you're not an Amazon person, I think I think Barnes and Noble's still a thing, right? I, I mean, think Barnes and Noble's still a thing. Yeah, so I mean, you know, and all these places all have websites, right? Yeah. Also, can... the library. Yeah, well, well, I mean, if they if they can get to the library, right? Because because mobility was an issue. They were mentioning they they don't have a car, they don't have a way to be able to get around. So I don't know. Public transportation's a thing. But well, maybe right. But you know, in some areas of of the country, public transportation is either super sketchy and shitty, or it's uh, also very expensive. True, true, true. Okay, so they go on. I've taken a few meditation classes with my mom, but they were not that great, to say the least. One of them started with the guy talking about how COVID wasn't real, but hmm. that's not really an yeah, option. Yeah, anymore. sound like light workers for yeah. sure. Yeah. I've tried to search online, but again, that's really hard. So any tips on finding good information for people in my situation? Okay, so we answered that. Uh, Okay, so this one also needs a bit of backstory. Again, I started my practice to help with depression, though definitely mistook my literal hallucinations for ghosts, so not good. That has gotten a lot better for me recently, mostly from antidepressants. However, I was fully committed to my practice until I started my antidepressants. And even though other daily things got easier, practicing my spirituality got so much harder. I don't know if it is more of a coincidence or not, and I'm definitely still taking my meds, but it was just weird. It's been getting a lot easier for me to practice recently, but it's been taking a lot more work than I'm used to. So any tips on how to not get burnt out spiritually and any ideas why antidepressants might do that? Okay, so we had a couple of different things there. Uh, Okay. (sighs) Read the first part of that again, because there were like two different pieces to that question. I started my practice to help with depression, though Mm -hmm. definitely mistook my literal hallucinations for ghosts, so that's not good. Mm -hmm. That has gotten a lot better for me recently, mostly from antidepressants. However, I was fully committed to my practice. No, I think it was the part before that where the the bit you mentioned where they they were basically saying, like, I used to do, like, meditation classes with my mom. Right. And okay. so they were looking for other potential resources for something like that. Yeah. I've okay. tried to um, research online, but again, this that's really hard. So any tips to find good information for people in my situation? Um, well, I mean, you got us. Right. And if you have any other questions, you can always get in contact with us again. We're happy to try to help you out as best we can. Um, and we, we do put a lot of information out there online. Mm-hmm. You know, if you follow us on social media. Um I'm trying to think of other reliable sources for information, and that that does get a bit tricky. Um, what I would probably suggest is maybe to see what you can do to do a little bit of research into established and uh, respected authors. Yeah. Um, you know, people like um, well, depending on your practice and what you what you you want to do with yourself, right? But um, you know, we, we've got people like Matt Aron, uh, you know, Jason Mankey, um, Cindy Brannon, of course. Um, Laura Tempest-Sakroff is yeah. amazing. Um, and a lot of these people, the reason I'm recommending or I'm throwing these names out is that, I, to my knowledge, these people all have, uh, like, fairly robust social media platforms. Yeah. 
Um, like I know Laura Tempest Zakroff in particular does quite a bit on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so these are these are uh, trusted sources. These are reliable names uh, for information. Yeah. Um, and that might maybe help you a bit more as well. Okay. Sorry, I wanted to make sure I answered that. Yeah, okay. So um, kudos on you for for taking care of your mental health. And yes, please, please, please continue to take your medication. Yes. Um, Austin and I also both take a little bit of something to help us to maintain, and it yep. sure helps 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 us quite a bit. Um, it sounds to me, and I want you to I want your opinion on this, Austin. It sounds to me with where they're at in their practice, because they'd mentioned that they've been at this for about three years now, mm-hmm. and things are now starting to kind of get a little more intense. Like mm-hmm. the work is getting a little bit harder, but I think that actually is is it sounds about right. I think when you get involved with these kinds of practices, that first little bit of time, um, things kind of come a little more easily. There's a little more excitement. There's a little more, you know, just drive behind what you're doing. Um, and then you do eventually get to a point where it's not that things slow down necessarily, but you, you do have to work a little bit harder to continue to get the same results. Um, but that's when you know you're really doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, it's just like anything. If you're going to the gym and working out and you, you know, for like a couple months, you're like losing lots of weight or, or you're, you're seeing the changes and then you hit a plateau, things happen. So in, in your, in your, in your practice, you do need to switch things up. So, um, continue doing what you're doing, but see if there's different ways to do it. So, you know, if you're the type of person who's sitting down, focusing on breath and grounding, instead try doing a walking meditation, try switching things up a little bit. That's also going to help with the spiritual burnout. Um, witchcraft is hard. Hmm. There, there's no way around it. Spirituality, true spirituality is hard. Yeah, you should enjoy it, but there's also a point where it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be easy. And it's not going to be a walk in the fucking park all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And it's also okay for you to go, you know what? I need to take a step back from that for now. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you can take a step back and continue to do the things that you need to do and still yeah, come back yeah. to it. T- taking a break and taking a time away to be able to, to kind of restore some balance in your life and to do a little bit of maybe maybe different kind of self-care or self-nurturing that's that's important that's going to be good for your mental health and long term that's going to be good for your practice because if you continue to burn yourself out you will get to a moment where you're like it's just not worth it and I, i'm not going to try anymore um and then you will have lost all of the the effort all the progress right so take taking a break here and there is vital you you need to be able to do that and don't beat yourself up for that just make sure that you have a plan to dive back in as soon as you are able yes um just you know as i would relate a story um to kind of show connection there uh there were a couple years in college probably about a year where i really didn't do much like I didn't do any devotional work. I really wasn't working spells or anything. I really did take a hiatus and focused on my studies. And then when I got back into my um, my craft and my practice and uh, started really going from there, it I had a lot more respect for it. So, excuse me, sorry. Um, so it is okay for you to take a break. As for any idea why antidepressants might be doing that, antidepressants um, have this 
have a way of not necessarily numbing you, but it's almost like it takes the edge off of energetic sensitivity. And so for individuals who have been in a fight or flight response or are not used to being stable, when you're unstable, you can feel the shifts of energy and stuff like that much more intensely is something I'd want to say. Yeah, much more intensely um, than when you're stable. When you're stable and you're actually fairly grounded within your body and something shifts, you're going to feel it, but it's not going to be as much as a big hullabaloo as it was when you were, you know, like you said, hallucinating. So obviously you have that, but also with the chemical, the chemicals in the brain becoming more balanced, it's going to mean you need to work a little bit harder, you know? I I take medication every day. I am not ashamed of it. And uh, I will say that I haven't really seen a difference on an energetic level. I still do the things that I do, but I have coven, coven mates who tell me that my energy feels much more stable and much more... Uh, focused and intentional uh, when doing the work that we do. So it's it's a thing. It happens. Agreed. Okay. In these early stages of my practice, it's been a bit difficult to find my thing. I definitely love working with the Fae. I always have since I was a child. My mom had put out honey and bread offerings for Beltane, asking the fairies for fertility. She meant for her garden. And soon after learned she was pregnant with me. I'm also named specifically after the Tree of Life. So, immediate connection there. But also, I would consistently build fairy houses as a kid and talk to people, quote-unquote, not there. Even if a... Oh, I just lost my place. Even if I didn't understand what they were at the time. But besides that, I've had trouble finding other things to stick to. I tried palm reading and learned that I didn't like it. I did work with Persephone and <laughs> Thor, but that lost its spark too. Kitchen witchcrafts was going good until I stopped having the desire to cook. So moral of the story, I feel like I'm an accidental eclectic witch. So any ideas on how to find what I love? Maybe things that work well with the Fae or art. I love writing, poetry, and painting. So this is very similar to a question that we had a couple couple episodes ago. Is it hyperfixation or are you actually practicing? That's fair. And, you know, and, also... and I'm not saying that in a mean or jesty way, but as someone who also tends to hyperfixate on things, just because it stops becoming the new flavor of the month doesn't mean that it is no longer like valuable to you. So I'm going to say that with things like palm reading, yeah, palm reading is rough. It's hard. Mike's a palm reader. I am not. I will never be a palm reader. I tried learning and I was like, no, not for me. Um, but with other things like gods and deities, um, it takes a long time to connect with those. And you might have found that you had a issue there because you had Persephone, who is a known goddess of the underworld and spring and very, very powerful for women. And then you have Thor. So probably not best to mix those two pantheons, let alone those gods. Mm -hmm. As for kitchen witchcraft, um, every witch is a kitchen witch to some extent when you've been practicing long enough and you're cooking your food and you know the magical properties of that onion or that carrot or that herb you're putting in, you're essentially charging your food. So, you know, 
I think you need to not focus on the label of what's my special thing? Am I a kitchen witch? Am I a green witch? Am I an herb witch? Am I a hedge witch? Am I a candle witch? Am I a Norse witch? Am I this witch? And instead, focus on just learning your craft and learning your practice. It's most certainly okay to be eclectic, but, you know, make sure you have some sort of commitment there. This is similar to the question that we had a couple weeks ago. Um, and I, you know, and I don't know, you talked about issues around hyperfixation, you know, and that's, I think, very much a thing that happens. And it's not always a bad thing, to be honest. Uh, but I I wonder again, you know, I'm kind of looking at this from the, you know, the other side of that, you know, maybe the, you know, yeah, the, the other other perspective or the other possibility of what could be going on. But there, there does, again, seem to be, like, possibly an issue here with, like, spiritual ADD. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and an inability maybe to make a commitment or to pursue a particular practice to a point, you know, um, and the, and it's a tricky thing. You know, that's one of the reasons why we talk about issues of like discipline and commitment in, in spiritual practice, because there is going to be a moment where when when the shiny wears off. Yeah. You know, and you go to do the thing today and for whatever reason, it doesn't feel right. Um, you know, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're like, okay, well, I guess I'm done with this now, right? You you, you got to keep trying because there there are always going to be moments where there's there's a lull or there's an inactivity or maybe you're just not feeling as strongly emotionally connected to whatever that is. Um, but you see your way through, you know, and I've noticed in my own practice and in the practice of a lot of other people that those situations, the ones where we find ourselves maybe losing a little bit of steam or lacking connection, those almost always actually seem to be like threshold moments. Mm-hmm. Where if we can actually continue to to meet that commitment, if we can be dedicated about continuing to show up for that thing, to do that thing, that very quickly we find that we actually have kind of like we've leveled up somehow, you know, and that was just that last moment of difficulty or maybe like that last little emotional test that we had to be able to to kind of meet, to be able to, you know, again, to do that, to get to that next level. So I'm wondering if maybe some of that could be going on here. Um I I also want to say that um, again you you've been at this you know to the listener you've been at this for about three years now, and in that time with the list of things that you've kind of rattled off here the list of things that you've tried again I want to say three years is really not a sufficient amount of time for you to have been able to do the things. And, you know, and get to a point where you didn't like them and then jumped. I mean, I'm just saying like three years in in the time frame of a witchcraft practice is really nothing. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say that you haven't accomplished anything or that, that your experience and that your effort is nothing. I'm not saying that at all. But um, but you, you're going to find that any particular practice or, or discipline, any particular practice within witchcraft or spirituality that that one thing is easily easily going to take you a few years to really get to a position of comfort and i think really to be able to fully figure out how it fits into your overall spiritual practice yeah um so i again i want to say this is something else that you've you've kind of told us that lends me to believe that you're not really giving a lot of these things the proper amount of time Mm -hmm. to really kind of unfold and be what they can really be for you um as to your question about fairies, I'm I'm honestly going to say, and this is this is just my opinion, and I'm sure that there will be people out here that hear this that'll get pissed off with me, and and I don't care. Um, but I'm going to actually encourage you not to try to work with fairies. Okay, there are a lot of people out there who claim to be fairy witches, and nay nay, that is bullshit. 
witches don't work with fairies. You don't work with fairies. You you cannot work with fairies as a witch. Uh, for one thing, they are much too independent, much too chaotic to ever really be able to to do the things that you you really want them to do for you as a witch. You cannot make pacts with fairies. You cannot invite fairies into your home or give them access to areas of your life, not unless you really want a lot of additional chaos and potential trouble. And I'm not trying to say that fairies are, 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 are that, that fairies are bad, that they are are you know they're going to intentionally want to harm you or that that would be their first intent. But by the very difference of the kind of life that they are the very different kind of being that they are the things that fairies are going to consider normal the ways that fairies are going to manifest even on just an energetic level are going to be very different from you as a human being and your very human life so you can't really work with fairies you can make offerings to fairies you know you can give gifts to fairies you can talk to the fairies when you're out in your garden or in wild places you know and it is always a good idea to be a good neighbor to our fairy friends, because if we're not, they can cause some big problems for us, right? And it's just a good idea to be a good neighbor anyway, right? Um, but there really isn't a way for you to consciously and constructively work with fairies. That's just, that's not a thing that does not exist. And to everyone out there and every author out there, every book that's ever been written, every class that's ever been taught on fairy magic, I'm going to tell you right now that that is utter bullshit, you cannot master these energies. You cannot work with these kinds of spirits. That's like somebody saying like, oh yeah, I'm in complete control of a dragon or a fire elemental. It's like, ha ha, think again. That's not how this shit works. So I'm going to encourage you not to work with fairies for that reason. And for a secondary reason, you've shared uh, with the information that you've given us, you've shared that, that you are actively working on, on maintaining balance around your mental health. And fairies are definitely among the kinds of spirits that you probably don't want to be working with very closely if you are working to balance mental health. Again, I mentioned fairies have a very chaotic kind of an energy. They can very easily tip our lives in really weird directions. And you, you probably don't want to invite that in because you in the process of doing that are potentially inviting further trouble and stress for yourself as it would relate to your mental health. Um, so I'm going to say don't don't look into fairies. As far as the art and creativity is concerned, Austin, I mean, everything we do as witches is really, in an essence, is kind of creative, right? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons they call it witchcraft, yeah. is we are always in the process of creation in uh -huh. some sense. Even when we're destroying things, we're in the process of creation, because usually what we destroy is just energy directed towards something else, mm -hmm. right? So... I don't know. I don't know. Creation is, uh, or, or, you know, being crafty, you know, art, these kinds of things, you know, creative kinds of things are, I also think just something that's kind of just, just a very human component of who we are, right. As beings, right. We're creators, right. And we love to, we love music and art and we love to dance and we love these things and, and do these things. Um, you know, but I would say it would be better maybe for you to get into the habit of doing these things just because you enjoy doing them and not because they now need to be a part of your spiritual practice. Yeah. You know, because if you're involved with them and you're doing them, they'll automatically become, they, they will, by default, they will become a component of your spiritual exactly. practice. Well, that leads into their next question. They ask the question that a lot of people ask us, which is, well, how do you put your witchcraft and spirituality into your everyday life? And I'm not the best person to answer that question because I just, I usually just tell people, just do it. Like, and I know that seems very blanket statement and very nonchalant but it really is you just you just do it you wake up you ground 
You know, if you're a person who showers in the morning, you shower in the midst of showering, you cleanse yourself in the midst of going to your job, your, you know, would you, would you say, okay, so, so I, I'm going to interrupt you here because I, I want to try to kind of steer you back to, to kind of something on this. Okay. Because, because yes, this is a question we get a lot. And I think probably a, a, a simpler way to answer this is to, um, and I want, I'm, I'm asking you Austin, um, but also kind of throwing this out there as an answer, um, doing what we do day to day, but doing it with intent not just as humans who need to get this thing done. Like, but intent, say, you know, like I get up in the morning and I brush my teeth, right? And I'm going to do that anyway because I'm, you know, I think I have fairly decent hygiene, right? Um, so I get up in the morning and I brush my teeth. And I do that because I want my teeth to, 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 to be clean and I want my teeth to be healthy, right? But I also do that with the intent that by taking care of my teeth in just a very physical mundane way, that that will make sure that my body stays healthy so that my body will then be able to continue to channel the energies that I want it to in the proper way when I'm doing my witchcraft. Yeah, most definitely. So it's doing things, I think, with intent and then finding a way to weave that mundane intent into, okay, this is the magical. Yeah, most definitely. Okay. Yeah, going back to your, 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 your brushing your teeth, you know, I will brush my teeth and if I'm working the shop that day, um, as I'm as I'm brushing my teeth, it's basically like my words will be sweet, my words will be kind, they will be fresh, they will land on the ears, and people will hear them. Okay. All right. So yeah, that's that's how you do it. Is you weave every mundane thing with intention, mm-hmm. you know. And intention is not everything. Do not mistake mm-hmm. this for intention being everything, because intention is it's, not. Oh, everything. it's not. No, 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 no. But um, but this is this is a, a trick that you can use to to help feel as though you are living a more magical life. Correct. Um, with, but, but you have to be balanced with this as well. You need to be very careful. As Austin was just saying, this does not mean now that intent is everything. This also does not mean that everything that you do in your life and everything that you, you experience will now also have to mean something bigger, better, greater, more spiritual. Exactly. Sometimes shit just happens in yeah. our lives. Right? Sometimes the butterfly flying past you is just a butterfly flying past you mm-hmm. to get to the next flower. Exactly. It's not a spiritual message. From great Aunt Nelly, it's just isn't it low key? It's always low key. Oh, it could God, be it, it could be it could be an elephant stampeding down the middle of the the freeway, and Norse pagans would be like, "It's a sign from Loki," because everything is apparently a sign from Loki. <sighs> Did we answer that question? You I'm think? pretty sure, yeah. Weaving weaving these things kind of in, you know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Got yeah, you. they're a junior in high school, you know, so okay. just finishing off it cool. up. Yeah. Uh, finishing off, they're a junior in high school, taking tests and preparing for college. They're in a high position of band leadership and consistently working on that. Nice. Which is great. Okay. Awesome. Continue to do that. You know, I. If you haven't figured it out, I'm a musician as well, and so, um, in my practice, I weave a lot of music into it. So mm-hmm. music is everything yeah. for me. And so for you, when you're when you're doing that. It can be intentional. It can be part of your practice. Again, you can also just do it because you enjoy it. Yep. Um, yeah, music music in particular is very powerful yes. as a component of our spiritual practice because it is it is sound, it is vibration, yeah. it, it is energy, and music can also shape and structure energy. 
So, um, yeah, so I would say the next time you're in band practice, you know, you're, you're trying to, to do a working of some sort or you want to do maybe, who knows, maybe make an offering of some sort to a, a particular spirit that you work with or a deity that you work with before you, you take that instrument up and you start to do what you do with it, you know, like in your mind, you know, or even maybe, maybe, you know, out loud, if you're not too embarrassed to do this, make, make a simple statement of intent. Like I'm, I'm, as I play this today, as I create this music, this music will be an offering to this spirit. Yeah. You know, or this music today that I make, this will be something that will help me to feel a deeper connection to this energy in my life. Who knows, right? It can yeah. be anything, anything. Yeah. yeah. I offer, particularly during October, when we have the ancestral, the, the altar for the dead up mm-hmm. out in the, yeah. the temple space, yeah. I teach voice lessons out there. And so when I'm having a slow day or one of my students doesn't show up or I have a break, I'll sing for the dead. So, you know, you can weave those things together. Yep. Anyway, I think that's all for now. Thank you so much for creating your podcast. It gave me a good head start and allowed me to stay out of the traps many people fall into. You guys have truly helped me so much. We are so glad for that. Well, thank you. And thank you for supporting the podcast. And I know that sometimes we get a little little snippy and mean on here, but um, hopefully we didn't say anything tonight that makes you feel too picked on. Um, and I meant what I said earlier. If you have other questions, if you have other things that you come across in the process of your practice and learning, um, you know, don't, don't hesitate to contact us. Okay. Re- you can reach out to us and we will, we will do what we can to get you some answers and, and some resources. Yeah. So, all right. Did you have any, anything else, Austin? Nope. All right. Okay. So let's, let's take a look at the two that I've got because I've got a couple of interesting ones. Um, okay. So again, not, not, well, there's always, there's a little bit of a story to this one. Okay. So I think this one will be of particular interest to you, Austin, because this person has a spiritual, a familial spiritual background that is similar to your paternal, the paternal side of your family. Okay. Okay. So this person says, I have a question about an entity. I'm calling that it that because I don't know what it really is. I live in Tennessee near the foothills of Appalachia. Ooh, okay. I have lived in the same uh, place almost all of my life and growing up, uh, or uh, all of my life. Growing up, I was very gifted. I could see, feel, and communicate with spirits. Around age six, I wandered into the mountains and came across this thing, this entity. Still doesn't know what it is, even to this day, years and years and years later, doesn't know what it is. But they, they could see that it was very old and very powerful. And they said in the moment, if they were being honest, that it scared the shit out of them. Um, they could tell that it wasn't going to hurt them. Um, but because of that initial fear response, they ran home and they never really told anybody about this experience. Um, so about five years ago, this is, you know, this person is an adult now, right? About five years ago, my mama, who was also gifted in these same ways, told me that this spirit that I encountered as a, as a six-year-old had attached itself to me. Um, and that, uh, and they say, I've always felt it when it comes close enough. So apparently if this, this spirit, this entity comes close enough to the family home mm-hmm. that this person, this listener still like they can feel this spirit. Um, they say they do feel connected to it. Um, but it hasn't done anything negative or harmful. In fact, they, they add that the spirit that they're pretty sure that this spirit actually knocked their abusive ex out or off of a off of a climbing stand i'm not sure their abusive ex was on top of something and they believe this spirit knocked him off of this thing to punish him for being abusive um so so they're asking us basically do we have any idea what this could be i have my ideas but you go right ahead because you've got family kind of in this same area of the world 
It personally just sounds like a, a nature spirit to me or a land spirit that's taken a liking to you, which is a possibility, but also... Sometimes in the foothills of Appalachia, you'll have um, you'll have certain dead that just kind of wander around there. And if they feel some sort of kinship with you, they tend to latch on. Uh, I so they, she they, she does qualify. This thing is was felt very old, okay, and very powerful, okay. And that tells me I I don't know that I would go the route of like an ancestor or say like a human spirit no um it sounds very much like again a watcher in the woods yeah a woods watcher um which you know if you are cool with that cool it's taken a liking to you so you know continue to maintain a good relationship with it i wouldn't necessarily go out and give it offerings or anything like that because you don't want to pull that thing closer mm. um yeah. unless you're ready to deal with it but you know yeah let it let it do its thing and if it starts to get out of hand there are certain things you can do to get rid of it yeah i'm i'm going to agree with you there i i really do feel that this is some sort of like like an elemental or a nature spirit mm-hmm. kind of native to that area um i think that and this is i think a common thing and I, i'm sure you know austin you you can you know weigh in on this too but the experience that you had when you were a six-year-old, uh, as I was reading your, your your question and your story around this, that experience that you had, I think, is actually a pretty common one for children in particular who are sensitive in these ways. And I think there's this odd thing that happens where we find ourselves, because I, I personally, this was my childhood, and I know this was Austin's childhood as well, um, and many other people's, um, we find ourselves in just a you know, a random circumstance, kind of like this one, right, where you found yourself, you know, in the foothills of Appalachia, you know, uh, near the mountains in the forest there. And um, and you came up across this thing. And these spirits, I think, a lot of the time, particularly when they are so old and they are so firmly rooted energetically to a particular area, particularly something like a forest, right, in the forest of Appalachia, because that's some very wild land. Yeah. Um, I think that what happens when these we come across these spirits is that we see them... And at the same time, or sometimes we forget that that means that they also see us. And a lot of the times these spirits are, you know, they've gone maybe centuries without any kind of human interaction, right? You know, and it's not that they now all of a sudden want to be your best friend, right? But there is something very interesting. There is a a very uh, cool connection that can, can sometimes happen when we see a spirit and they see us in turn that tells that spirit right like oh god this one this one saw me this one could sense me you know there there have been others in the past that you know were standing right next to me and had no idea right um you know and uh particularly as a child you know we're very open we're very sensitive to these things as children you know and um i don't know i just i got the feeling that this was definitely some sort of a nature spirit a very old one in that area and that it developed an interest in you because you you saw this thing um and you know and to at least with the information that you've shared i i don't get the sense that this would be a spirit that you would need to be fearful no i don't think of, you would be i mean you know, cautious sure but not fearful yeah well it's like it was, we were saying with the prior question right like i mean if, if this were something that was say like a, a land spirit and a nature spirit of some sort you know i was we were talking a moment ago about like you know like fairies or right? i was uh-huh. doing my little rant on fairies right these are spirits that can be 
they can connect with us. They can be allies to us of a kind. Um, but yeah, but we do also need to make sure that we maintain a boundary. Like you, you would never want to, I think, invite a spirit like this, like to, to move into your home, mm-hmm. right? Or you know, probably to really become any closer than it already has. Um, not that it would uh, intentionally harm you, but because these are such different forms of life, these are such different types of beings. Um, they're going to behave in ways sometimes that can be disruptive to human life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's the big issue that people have with spirits that move through their houses late at night and wake them up, right? Um, is It's like the spirit isn't doing anything harmful, right? It's just kind of moving through your house, but it makes noise in the process and that disrupts your sleep, right? Yep. Um, so... I don't know. That's 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 kind of my take on that. And from the sound of it, Austin, you and I kind of agree on this one. I'd agree. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I'm glad to hear that it kind of. Well, I mean, I had that kick, similar. Kick the shit out of well. your your abusive ex. Yeah. yeah. That that's that's always nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we answered that one anyway. That yeah. Was, that was pretty. Um. Pretty what quick. what I would do, personally, um. So sorry. It's been a long day. Um. Uh, what I would do personally is um, there is an episode of another podcast called The Old Gods of Appalachia, um, <clears throat> and the it's the episode called The Witch Queen. Um, if you don't listen to that already, I'd say go head on over there and listen to it. It's a good episode. It's fairly short, simple, and sweet, but this will give you some insight into some things. Some like superstitions and stuff. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, you got other authors too. Like, oh god, what's his name? Uh, Jane... Jake Richards. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, that was the name I was going for. Yeah, uh, you have yeah, Jake, Jake Richards. Richards. Yeah, with backwoods witchcraft. Yeah, you've got authors Aaron coming Oberon. coming out of that area of the world that are um, you know going to be knowledgeable. Chaz Bogan. Yeah, another one that has has you know rights on on you know uh, cultures and, and practices around Appalachia. Those would all be uh, potentially good resources for you because they'll. I think they'll help you develop a, a better familiarity with some of these spiritual beliefs and customs that kind of come out of that area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay. The next one I've got is a really interesting one. And I, I loved this question when it came through because this this came to us from a listener who uh, just recently discovered the podcast. Okay. Uh, but they they decided they really like it. And they're, they're very much determined to kind of learn and grow in a lot of the ways that we, you know, the, okay. into the things that we talk about a lot. Right. So the thing that I thought was really kind of kind of fun, what I liked about this, is they they listened to one of our episodes, I think, where we went kind of on a rant around about angels okay. and the way that people, particularly New Agers and Lightworkers, how the way that they view and claim to work with angels, and uh-huh. how during that podcast, I think it was me in particular, I made the comment that people who say that they work with angels in that capacity are lying or wrong, uh-huh. and I stand by that because. When you, I stand with you. When you listen to these people, you listen to, to New Agers talk about angels, you know, they talk so much about, you know, like these glowing, these radiant beings of love and light and, you know, and they're, and they're so beautiful and they have these, you know, luminous wings and, you know, and they basically, they, what they're doing is it's, it's that very Doreen virtue kind of angel yes. bullshit, right? You know? And so, and so you, that's, that's, I think, to clarify maybe some of what was said on this prior episode. It is not that we don't believe in angels, and it's not even that witches don't work with angels. Our coven, we, we, we personally, we do work with angels. Um, they are one of the families of spirits that we work with. But you're going to find that 
pagans who acknowledge and work with angels, and many don't because that can trigger old religious stuff for a lot of people. But pagans and witches who work with angels, we are going to work with angels that I think are going to be much more in alignment with your your very old um, ideas, like stemming from old occult and high ceremonial traditions. Um, around even a very old shamanic traditions around what angels, what these spirits are. Okay. So they go on to say that they would love to hear us talk a little bit more about um, angels, the way we view angels, the way that a lot of other witches would perhaps view angels and the way that we would work with them. Okay. okay? So to start, I, I want to say that angels in the context of a lot of traditional witchcraft and older shamanic traditions that angels are the easiest way to put it angels are what would be considered the engineers of the universe so angels are beings that were created by um i guess what a lot of people would consider the primordial god like the primordial source or that you know that first power of creation that existed in our in our universe right a lot of us refer to it as the void we refer to it as the void in our practice and that angels much like everything else that angels were ultimately created from void um the idea there is that angels were created to be the engineers they through their existence and through the power that they wield they are able to structure and maintain the uh again basically just the physical universe so all the things that we see happening in our universe, things like like just energy forms, like light and sound and you know gravity and these kinds of things, uh, time, like these these kinds of things that are used to measure what we what we currently at least understand in the realm of physical uh, universe, physical law, physical science, like these are all things that are managed and sustained by angels. Um, now, there are different kinds of angels. There are different families of angels, and all of them will have kind of a different purpose. Um, but archangels in particular, they're kind of like, they're the big ones. Those are like the big engineers of the universe, which is one of the reasons why we tell people, you know, if you're going to work with angels, it's probably better before you go and pray to a particular angel that you exhaust some of the other resources that you look perhaps maybe to other spiritual allies first. Because when we, we approach an angel, it's not that angels are not, you know, they, they can absolutely, you know, they're, they're excellent multitaskers. They have to be. So it's not that an angel wouldn't necessarily answer your prayer or, or step into a position to help you. But you are, when you reach towards something like an angel for help, you are basically going like all the way up to like the CEO of the company when yeah. it would probably be better for you to actually, you know, like contact customer service, you know, um, and I, that's a really dominant and a, a very simple way to put that. But that, but that's what it is, you know. Um, people love to call on angels, but um, but people will call on angels for some of the most ridiculous shit. And you know, there's not an angel out there that's really going to show up for you. You know, you've got angels. People pray to angels like, keep my lover, you know, uh, faithful to me, right? Yeah. Angels don't give a shit about that. They really don't. They don't care. They have much bigger things to deal with. They are dealing with things that impact our entire world and beyond our entire world, you know? Um, and so so that's where I think I get frustrated and where in the past I may have said or I've said that, that people who say they work with angels in that kind of capacity are lying or wrong. Um, it's a very, I think these kinds of people, they're, they, it's a very pick me, I need to be special kind of mentality, right? Like my life is so important that even even the Archangel Michael himself wants to, you know, give up all the, the other important shit that he needs to do to try to balance the universe, to, to show up here and help me make sure that I get this job, right? Um, so. Did you say Archangel Michael? Yes. To help get a job? People do that shit. 
Michael in particular is is a you you know this. Michael in particular is a very popular archangel, and people will pray to him for all kinds of shit. And it amazes me because Mark, Michael is is a warrior. He's he's not going to help you find he'd love. He'd sooner lop your head off than he's let you not going to help love you find love. Find he, now now what he, what he might do, you know, if he decided to help you out with something like that, is he might show up and he might kick you in the ass to get you motivated to find a new, a new job on your own. Right, like that—that that could be a very Michael kind of way to help someone, right? Um, so you know, so that's you know, who knows, right? But anyway, so angels are, um, you know, they're they're not these these fluffy bunny rainbow winged beings of love and light. Most most angels, to be honest, don't even comprehend human emotion. They are so removed of that, and it's not that they don't uh, emanate or that they don't have emotion within and of themselves. But you're talking about beings that exist on a very different level. You know, for me, uh, I'm trying to think of a comparison. That would almost be like saying that you know that like you as a human being, you know, you love. Oh my God, I'm trying to think of what this how how to make this work. Like a, 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 an analogy to compare this, that would be that would be comparable to saying like that that you and the way that you feel toward something is going to be the same way that say like an insect would feel toward that same thing, right? Like you're you know you and the insect both love the tree, right? But you love the tree because it's uh, it's beautiful and it gives you shade and it you know and it's just you know and it's one of these things that you can appreciate on such a different level where the insect loves the tree because the tree is a, a home and a source of food. Right. I mean, it's it's just it's and like I said, that's probably not the best example, but that but it is an example of different types of consciousness and angels are a very different type of consciousness. Um, so we have to stop humanizing these kinds of beings. They're not human. They never have been human. Um, so beyond that, I wanted to talk a little bit about communicating and working with them. Um, and Austin, please feel free to interrupt me and chime in if you have anything to add. Um Angels, because they are these universal sources of energy, we actually, to be honest, we work with angels a lot of the time without even realizing it because their energy, their power is pretty much everywhere. They are kind of omnipresent in the way that they help, again, to kind of structure and balance our universe. So when we talk about, say, one of my favorites is uh, the Archangel Zadkiel, who is the angel of Jupiter. Okay, um, or he is the spiritual intelligence, the archangel of Jupiter, the planet Jupiter within our system, you know, and because of the influences that Jupiter brings into our lives and, and the way that Jupiter interacts with the energy of our world, you know, Jupiter has these associations like prosperity, luck, you know, j just general beneficence, these kinds of things, right? Um, and because of the alignment that Zadkiel would have with that particular planet, anytime that we are, in essence, working with something like the energy of luck or we're doing a working for prosperity we're doing these things we are in essence we are attuning to what would be the frequency or the the energy of zadkiel um now we can be more conscious about that in that we can specifically evoke zadkiel's intercession we can ask zadkiel as the archangel and the intelligence of jupiter to look favorably upon us right but that does not now mean that zadkiel is going to personally come into your room you know, and go, oh, pretty candles, here you go, here's a favor, right? That's not how that shit works. 
Um, what we see happening in that situation then is through the effort that you've made and through the way that you were able to attune and connect to the energy that would be that that angelic force, you then see, um, you know, maybe a little bit of an increase or you start to see things turn in a way in your life where the other things that would be contributing or bringing you greater luck or prosperity, those things start to kind of line up a bit more for you, right? But that's not necessarily the angels doing. That, if anything, is going to be a combination of your effort, your intent, and then what you might be getting through connecting to the energy of that particular angel. So the communication, to be honest, is really simple. And there will be a lot of uh, ceremonial magicians out there that will give you these very elaborate rituals where you have to have these very specific items and make these very specific offerings and everything has to be done at a specific time. On a blah, specific blah, 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 day. Yes, and blah, 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 blah. You know, and, you know, and it's not that there's anything wrong with that. People love ceremonial magic. And there's nothing wrong with that if you want to go to that route. But... But again, you're dealing with universal intelligences here. You don't need to do all of that to be able to catch the attention of these spirits. Um, so there really is, to be honest, no specific means of communication or really a, a, a best way to do this. It's really ultimately going to come down to you and your personal relationship and, you know, and where you're at and the level of uh, commitment and the level of uh, seriousness and, and, frankly, honesty that you were able to bring to whatever it is that you were doing that is connecting you to that angelic uh, intelligence. Um, so let's see. I'm trying to make sure. Do you have anything you want to add to that, Austin? I'm trying to make sure I've answered this. Not really. I mean, working with angels is not something that I do intentionally a lot. The particular spirits that we work with in the coven, I do work with. Yeah. Um, but again, they're so far removed from us as humans that I'm not going to you know, do an evocation and a working to have them look upon this if I need a new job or, uh, you know, uh, something like that. I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to work with other energies. So I would say those people who want to work with angels, be aware, again, like Mike said, these are spirits that really, I'm going to sound really bad here. They could give two shits less who you are. You could be the CEO of whatever. And they, they really just don't care. And it's not because they don't have the capacity to care. It's that they are so vast that they we are specks. We are specks of microcosmic dust to them. I don't know. I, okay, I, I do have to kind of disagree with you a little bit there. Okay, but, uh, but uh, maybe I shouldn't say disagree. I want to clarify that, though, okay? Because I don't want this listener or anyone else to go away thinking that we as humans are just specks of dust. Because we're not. As spiritual beings, as a, a collective consciousness, whatever you would call it for humanity, we actually are very important to the current spiritual evolution of the universe. We are very important. It's one of the reasons why we exist and why we have sentience and why we're able to do the things that we do and why we have consciousness is because we are important in the grand scheme of things. So it's not that we are meaningless necessarily, but but again, you're you're dealing with people or, or spirits, excuse me, you're dealing with spirits in the form of angels that are like, I have other and and really to be honest, big like bigger and more important things to do. Oh yes, most definitely. I, I was created to do this, not to help you find a new boyfriend. Well, that that that's what I'm saying is okay. it's not that we are insignificant in our role of the universe and the spiritual evolution. No, we most definitely have an intricate part to play. But I'm sorry, calling on St. Michael the Archangel to rid your crystal of negativity 
is not the is not is not is not that's not his mo yeah that that spirit's gonna be like have you ever heard of like i don't know rosemary yeah well and i think it's you know one i mean extending on on this a little bit because you know there are people out there i i personally and i think i we we've kind of we've danced around this a couple times on the podcast i don't know have i ever actually shared my angel story on the podcast like the no. full story no because you okay usually, and i'm not going to now but uh but, but i get all it's very that's emotional. a very that's a very emotional story yes, it's a very um, you know very so great. i trust me i i i can honestly tell you like you know those of you listening i i believe in angels absolutely i've had a a personal experience um you know but it's my understanding and in researching these things and talking to other people who have these kinds of experiences that when we have a moment here and there where we might be lucky enough to encounter one of these spirits um usually in that moment it's not um the spirit isn't there specifically for us i guess is what I'm trying to say is that when we encounter these kinds of spirits, usually what's happening is that they are in the process of doing something else. And we just maybe happen to be a tiny piece of that process. Or, you know, maybe we just happen to kind of like, it's just like two, two ships in the night, right? We just happen to kind of see each other. You know, we glance at each other. We, we become momentarily aware of each other and then, and then we're, and then it's done. Right. And they're on their way and we're left kind of like, Oh my God, what was that? Right. Um, you know, and so it's not that we can't interact with these spirits or that people don't have experiences with them. But, uh, but I think that it's, um, frankly, it's, it's a bit arrogant, I think for us to have an experience like that and to go, Oh my God, how, you know, how special am I that this angel, you know, showed up just for me. It's like, probably not like, yeah, that angel was there for you, but it was probably also there for everybody else in that entire area or, you know, every, every other little piece of whatever was going on with that situation. That angel was probably there for that because these are big picture kinds of spirits. Um, you know, and so I think that's one of the other things maybe to address, um, I, mean, in, I can share my angel story. So, I mean, if you want to, um, one, one last thing before you do that, though, okay, I want to say people who claim to work with angels consistently also over time, they prove that they are either a lot of the times I think it's just, it's, it's mental illness, um, you know, but a lot of the other times I think it's, again, it's a situation where people just need to feel special. They need to be pick me kinds of people and they, um, and they'll lie. You know, and they might actually be working with some sort of spiritual entity, but it's it's not an angel. Um, and really, the the way that you can tell that is that angels have, and this will be, this is always so weird to explain, and I can only explain this again from the perspective of an occultist, but um, but also from my personal experience, angels because of the different kind of life form that they are, the different kind of being that they are, they have a very different energy. They have a very different kind of energetic like manifestation. Um, and so I guess the an easy way to explain that is that working with angels consistently is like putting yourself in a room where you just listened to like like high temp or high volume sirens all day, you know, or like you deliberately continue to expose yourself to some sort of horrible radiation. Right. You know, um, and I guess I'm, I'm struggling to, I, I'm struggling to explain this. Well, that's okay, because that's, I guess that's, 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 that's how intricate their, they are. Their, how in depth they their are. energy is, is 
such that a prolonged exposure, prolonged communication and involvement with angels and trying to summon and evoke angels, being exposed to them for a prolonged amount of time can be damaging to you. People who uh, you know work with these kinds of spirits or people who have worked with these kinds of spirits consistently over the years almost always end up with very serious physical health problems, even more serious mental health problems. Um, because these spirits, by the nature of just, just what they are, you know, and again, I want to clarify, they're not doing this to harm us. It's not like they're doing this to harm us. You know, the, the nuclear fallout from, you know, a, a bomb that goes off, that nuclear radiation is, doesn't exist. It's, it's not consciously aware that it's there and it's harming us. It just, it's doing what it's doing. It, it's existing as it's existing. Right. Um, and the same would be true of, you know, something like, like an angel, you know, they, they just, they are what they are, but because they are so different in connecting with them, we can see some really serious complications come up. Their energy can be very, um, very chaotic and, and it's unstabilizing. Exactly. Yeah. It's there you go. Yes. It's destabilizing. That's a, that's a good word. Yes. It's, it can be very destabilizing. The, um, It very much is like prolonged exposure to to radiation. I, I get what you're saying with that. And again, these are entities and spirits and life forms that are, I don't want to say unfathomable, but damn near. It is both awe-inducing and terrifying when when you work with these things. And... Wouldn't that have a lot to do, though? I want to I want to talk to you about that because you were going to share your experience if you if you if you want to, yeah. um, you know you you don't need to, but if you want to, um, I know you love to talk, so you probably will. But I was going to say, um, would it make sense to you that the experiences that we have with angels when we do encounter them, um, and not the not the logistics of the experience itself, but the way that we're made to feel, does it make sense? Because this this is my experience. Um, that the way that we come away from those experiences it really is primarily based on the way we feel, excuse me, the way we feel about those experiences really a lot of the time is based upon our prior belief or understanding of what an angel is. You know, if we grow up in, say, a spirituality or a religion that teaches us, or maybe, you know, who knows, maybe we've been listening to bullshit on the internet from some crazy person like Doreen Virtue, right? And we, we are told consistently, like, Angels are beings of love and light. Angels are beings of love and light. And they're just here to give you great big fluffy angel wing hugs and, and help you balance your checkbook and make you cookies and, and tuck you into bed at night because they're beings of love and light. And, you, know, and you, you take that into yourself and then you have an experience where you encounter an angel and you come away from that experience and you're like, wow, I don't think I've ever felt a love like that before. I think a lot of the time that's you. That's you. You were picking up on energy emanating from that spirit, but the spirit wasn't specifically radiating love. It was just radiating energy, and that is how you interpreted that experience. What's your What's your idea on that? I mean, I guess I can see where you're going with that. Yeah. But I also know that I did not grow up in a in a household where where that motive was pushed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it works the other way. Exactly. But I also didn't grow up in a household where I was told that they were, you know, 
God's warriors who mm-hmm. would strike me down yeah. as soon as look at me. I grew up in a household with a grandmother from the from the south who most definitely believed in angels and believed that there were varying types of angels and that if you interact with one you're going to know and she never once said that they radiated this energy of love but she also didn't say that they radiated an energy of of fear Mm -hmm. she shared one interaction she had with me where it just was it's and, and it's very similar to the to the uh the experience that you have where it's almost like time just kind of stood still mm-hmm. and it was like but again but that was my perception of things exactly but hers was very similar to that and so i'm wondering if yes people can run that through their own filter mm-hmm. but if you've done a lot of work to try to to not have expectations around those things mm-hmm. if you'll get not necessarily a more true but maybe a more a, a less edited version if yeah. you will um because my experience, um, I know angels are real. I know that they're beings that are in, they are vastly instrumental to the workings of the universe. I get this. I understand this. Um, I know that they are hard to work with, and I know that they really don't like people who don't respect them. Cool. Same. So the story goes: uh, I had a we had a customer come in. They wanted St. Michael spikes, and. I was planning on making them for a minute, and that was just the, the, the kick that I needed. So I was like, okay, cool, I can do that. I know the work, I know how to do it. So I scheduled the time, and I did this with our coven sister, Wendy, and we got everything set up, and you know, I got the stuff in, I had all the ingredients, and we started doing it. And as we were working this, you could feel this energy, and everything all went just quiet. You know, where we're at, there are dogs everywhere. There are dogs that are constantly barking. Always, 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 always. And everything just went quiet. And there was this feeling of pressure. But I felt light. Okay. It's very hard to describe. It's almost like the, the room was full, but I could move freely. So it was very interesting. So we, we're getting ready. We're, we're closing things up. We've done the things. They have to sit and they have to charge. All right, cool. So I get in the car, and it's Tuesday. So I'm like, Taco Tuesday. I want tacos. So I'm heading to get tacos, and I reach into my, to my pocket to get my wallet out. And I had the controller for the air conditioner in my, in my pocket from, from the shop. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm going to get my stuff. I'm going to go back and put it back there. So... I do that and I'm getting back and as I'm heading back to the shop I just have this sense of horrible not not horrible but like this just sense of anxiety like something something is there like I was half expecting to showing up to seeing some other person here trying to lay a trick on our doorstep or something like and I pulled in and there was just lots of ringing it was very loud high pitched and low pitched and I felt discombobulated for a minute um, I'm not discombobulated, disoriented for a second. Mm-hmm. And so I'm walking up to, to the door that leads into the into the classroom space, and I could just feel there is something, not someone, there is something on the other side of this door. And I knew that I, there was no one in there, so I actually knocked on the door and let someone know I was coming in. And as I stepped in for three seconds, there was... I'm assuming it was three seconds. I don't know. 
but for what felt like a very long time to have this sort of experience, there's this being that was just over the working and it locked, I'm assuming, its eyes with me. And I had this feeling of you could wipe me out of existence and no one would remember me and I would be okay with that. And it was just this feeling of absolute awe and quite honestly fear. That fear that I had was palpable because I don't get afraid by shit like that. So having this interaction of like that, it's going to eat me or it's going to kill me was very interesting for me. And we actually got pictures from that working that where, where you can actually see this entity beginning to manifest mm-hmm. within it. Yeah, there, and, I remember the wings. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that that's my angel story. That's my angel experience. And it's very it's very interesting because I took a very disconnected feel from it where it was very you're here cuz I cuz I called you cuz I did the right things, but also because you want to be here maybe it was very interesting it was very odd so yes i think it could be i most definitely agree with you that it's something that has run through someone's filter Mm -hmm. but i also think that if they were to be around that energy long enough that filter would slowly disappear and they'd probably have a different experience I, I agree. I, I wonder sometimes, and, and I think I've, I've had this conversation with other people over the years, I think that that idea, I want to say, it's almost like the way that we're programmed to believe or to anticipate or to expect something to be what it is or to happen how it how you know we believe it will. I wonder sometimes if that's maybe why you see people who are like, you know, they tend to be more agnostic or even atheistic yeah. in their views, right? Because they've never, they've just, they've never had the experience. But the a, a big reason for that is that they've had life experiences that have, um, they're not going through life, I guess, in a way based off past conditioning and experiences. You know, they're not going through life in a way that where they're open to those kinds of exchanges or experiences. And so they never have them. Right. Or maybe they do, but they discount them or they explain them away. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and who knows. Right. You know, I, I tend to be you, oh, you too. You, you and I both tend to be very skeptical yeah. of these kinds of things. Right. You know, healthily, I think healthily skeptical. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Um, you know, because you can be skeptical about something and still believe in it. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, but um, yeah. So I don't know. I wonder that sometimes like, you know, like if you're someone who is, you know, like you are conditioned your entire life not to believe in angels. And then you found yourself in a moment where you maybe like you were face to face with one, you, that moment wouldn't even register for you because you just, you weren't open. And because of that, your awareness wasn't there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think about shit like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Now to clarify the way that I, I, I did this working with St. Michael, Mm -hmm. um, and how this experience is, I, I went a little bit more of a ceremonial route. Yeah. Um, like I used the seal, um, yeah, I blended a particular subfumatory, subfumigation blend. I did it on a particular day mm-hmm. at a particular yeah. time. No, you, I did, used... you did like the old ceremonial magic way. Yeah. yeah, and I did like a full blown particular prayer and like. So I, I think maybe also the way that we choose to interact with or evoke these spirits also will kind of lend to what face or what. Uh, 
quote unquote vibration they bring with them. Yeah. And so because I went a more ceremonial route, um, I got the more warrior esque. Mm. I am I am God's right hand man. I will strike down the serpent uh, energy. Whereas if I would have gone a more intuitive route and focused more on working in, more within the confines of how we would yeah. as a coven, I probably would have gotten a different feeling. Okay. Yeah. I think it would be in, in talking that about sense. that. Yeah, no, that does. Okay. I, I, in talking about that, I'm thinking now, because these are such vast beings, angels, right? I mean, they're not gods necessarily, right? But they can do some pretty godlike shit. Um, because of that, what do you think it's possible, like in a situation like that, where you were able to, you know, you were able to kind of tap into that vibration, you were able to kind of tap into that frequency of Michael. You think it's possible that in that experience, I, I think about shit like this because I'm weird and this stuff fascinates me. But I love it. Um, but you think like in those moments where maybe we have a manifestation or we have a, a personal connection with something that we identify as an angel, you think it could be almost kind of like. Um, like the concept of like, I want to say like holograms, right? Where like, that's just a piece. Like it's just a facet of that being, right? Because you talk about that, you talk about like the universe being hologrammatic, right? Where basically yeah. every tiny thing that exists in the universe is the microcosm to the macrocosm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there are a lot of, sci- I think, scientific principles that kind of confirm that a theory like that could very well be the case, at least as it would relate to, you know, astrophysics and our, our universe, right? Um, but I wonder sometimes if the same could be true for living intelligent beings. When we talk about gods and in this in this conversation, angels, we talk about how, you know, I had this interaction, I had this manifestation. You know, it's like, well, my understanding would be that that being would be so vast in its power that there would, it would probably be unlikely that that being could be able to gather its entire presence into that physical human space, yeah, right? Um, you know, that would be like, like you know, like, God knows, like 50 nuclear bombs going off, right? And, you know, I mean, who knows? Just the energy would be so immense, right? You know, so instead, um, you know, and because that spirit also has to keep doing all the other shit that it's supposed to be doing, right? It's like, this is just a tiny piece. I'm just giving you a piece of who I am mm-hmm. right now. You know, like this is just a, a, a tiny, tiny little shard or a facet of, of my intelligence or my consciousness that I'm going to share with you for just this moment. Right. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Um, I, I also think of, I, I like also thinking like prismatically as well, how a prism kind of splits light, uh, splits light into the entire color spectrum. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's also how I view planetary stuff as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the, the planets are light and as they move through particular houses, that's how we get prisms and so on and so forth. And that's how ah, we get particular okay. focuses. Gotcha. And I think that when we're working magic, uh, when we're working magically with mysticism, occultism, witchcraft, ceremonial magic, whatever it may be, I think that depending on what quote unquote prism we are working with, mm-hmm. be that our spells, our rituals, our workings, or anything like that, that's going to also help color how that is for everyone else. Yeah. And we have seen that with other rituals that we have done as well. Yeah. You know, when I do a full blown grand mill in a full moon rite, that is centered around a more traditional English 
uh, focus from my father's side, from Devonshire and Cornwall, we get a little bit more of that wild Buka primal energy. Yeah. Whereas if I focus it more around the Mediterranean aspect of our of the craft that I usually lean more towards, um, we get that more uh, solid, very flowing, and I don't want to say somber, but concentrated energy. So I do find that that is very interesting. And I love this conversation. It, it, I I love you because you're very smart and I love having intelligent conversations with you. Well, thank you. So, thank you. Oh, for... now you've got me yawning. Shit. Sorry. That's okay. I mean, it wasn't yawning because I was bored. I was yawning because it's it really, I think the day just finally caught up with me. Um, all right. Well, I, I think we, we kind of talked about that a little bit. I, I hope, I hope that, that we clarified some of this, this listener's questions. Um, around this topic and and for other people who listen to this episode you know i really i want to encourage all of you particularly in the context of angels i really i want to encourage you to think a bit more dig a bit deeper and do what you can to step outside of the ideas that we have around angels in popular culture um particularly in christianity and in new age belief because just so much wrong there's just so much wrong there um, and that's not who these beings are. And if you really want to connect with these beings more um, well, pr- constructively, well, it is, it, it is, it's unfair to them, but it also, I think, you know, the thing is they don't give a shit. They don't care. Right. But I, I guess in, in saying that, if you really want to be able to, to effectively tap into and connect to these energies in your own practice, you need to really be honest and you need to do the work that you can to identify what these energies really are. Right. Otherwise you're just spiritually jerking off. Sorry, I don't know. I don't. That popped into my head. I was like, I'm not gonna say that. That's horrible. But then I'm like, nah, I gotta say it because that's really what it is. Um. Anyway, on that graphic note, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add to this episode, Austin? Um. No. I'm at a loss for words for once. I yeah, I, you're right. It's not usually that I or usual that I throw out something quite so base and I know you're being disgusting. very mean. Am I being mean tonight? No, me. Oh, oh you. I'm being you? Yeah. Really? Hmm. Like, very feisty and spicy. Oh, I, I was a day. You you know, I had had uh, difficulties today with uh, some some other personalities. We'll just say that. Um, you think anything else? I really, I, I kind of feel like, like, like I've got this feeling like, oh, we were going to talk about this, but then I, I, I can't remember. Oh, I know. Uh, one thing. Austin is, is going to be on vacation in the next week. And so um, I will be back next week with uh, like a mini episode. Ugh, you should, we should just do a zoom in. You want me to zoom you in from New Orleans? I don't know what we're going to be doing on a Thursday at seven o'clock. That's, yeah, that's, that's my concern is like, where are you going to be? on a Thursday and at that point it won't be 7 o'clock at that point you'll, it'll be 10 o'clock your time yeah okay never um, mind you'll either be out at a bar or you know getting drunk with your lady friends or who knows passed out in your hotel room I, I am not gonna be drunk I refuse to get drunk are you worried that all the other women that you're going with he's going with a lot of our with a group of our coven sisters um and so it's kind of funny because he's gonna be like the, the token dude on the trip oh god I'm um, the token gay guy yeah, you've become that. Ugh. Yeah, isn't that fun? Yeah, I, I was that for a long time when I was younger. I'm happy to say I'm not that now, um, because it's exhausting. Uh, but um, are you concerned that if you get drunk and pass out, that like they'll like they'll freeze my panties? I don't think they'll freeze your panties. I'm more thinking like they'll like give you like a makeover. You'll wake up the following morning. You'll have like a full face of makeup. 
Okay. Which will piss you off because you'll be like, this isn't my shade. You know, you'd be like, let me show you how I do it at home. You know, exactly. Um, that would be funny. I'm, I may have to make some suggestions to all of them. Like, hey, if Austin falls asleep first, do these things to him. That's fine. Draw a dick with on, in black Sharpie on his forehead. And then when he complains about it, act like you can't see it. So, like, he's the only one that sees it. Or, or you're going to be staying in an area of town that's known to be haunted. So you can tell him, like, ooh, it was a spooky ghost that came into the hotel room last night. It drew a penis on your face. We were all asleep. It had to have been a ghost. Yeah, I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to give them some ideas. See, I am going to enjoy your vacation, even though I won't be there. Um, that's all. That's all I have. Uh, for tonight. So uh, anyway, as I was saying, I will be back next week with uh, probably a mini episode just to kind of fill fill the, the gap. And then uh, we'll be back the week after that. I think we do have another guest. And um, all I'm going to say is I hope our next guest actually can make their appointment and, and be on the podcast. Um, yeah, because tonight we, we had some problems with that. Anyway. Um, yeah. Are you good? You got real quiet over no, there. I'm good. Okay. Nothing you want to say before we go? All right. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Um, I'll, I'll be chatting at you next week.